0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Badass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series show podcast where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. I've been watching a lot of Batman 66, so I'm throwing some Adam West pauses in there I think oh. subconsciously. But, yeah. Uh, my name is Clay McCormick and with me as always is Sean
1: Murphy. How you doing, Sean? <laughs> so uh, a few episodes ago I talked about how I didn't believe in inspecting my vehicles and uh, I've gotten people, <laughs> at least a dozen people who wrote or called or said something to me to my face. And they're like, Are you insane? <laughs> like, what if the car's not working? How are you going to know? You're not the world. you're not a mechanic or anything. So I got a lot of blowback on that. Uh, and recently I got pulled over for speeding. I was doing 70 mm-hmm. in a 25. Uh, mm-hmm. It was 1 a.m. Uh, and the, the cop went from thinking I was drunk to I'm uh lost to i'm lying to i'm a drug dealer i uh my wife was with me and she's freaking out because she's not good with cops like i am i mean i'm buying mm-hmm. around cops especially when you haven't done anything wrong which i actually did that night um <laughs> so i didn't have my 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 car wasn't it was registered but I, I was missing a front plate which i guess in maine you're supposed to have two plates but i don't believe in that either Uh, I had the second plate in the glove compartment, so it's not like I was totally reckless. The car was Mm -hmm. registered, but it wasn't inspected. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, my insurance was expired. But my insurance (laughs) was valid, uh, but my insurance company requires me to renew it every three months, so I'm always forgetting. Even though I'm consistently insured, they don't send the cards enough. I'm trying to explain all this to a cop, who then turns into two cops as his friend shows up, and they get... (laughs) They're like more and more suspicious of me. And I looked at my wife when they took my information. They took hers too. Uh, and uh, I was like going to start distracting the cop because he wanted me to walk the line. Uh, and I had had a, a drink and I wasn't sure where I, what I would blow, uh, even though I knew I was okay to drive. I just would rather not spend the night in jail. Uh, mm-hmm. Luckily, he didn't go there. Once he ran my record and saw that I was clean, uh, he, he relaxed. And uh, he's, like, telling me, like, he didn't have me on radar gun, but he estimated my speed to be 70 miles an hour at 25. And I said, I swear to God, I thought it was 40. And he goes, well, 70 is still a lot faster than that, isn't it? And I'm like, yes, sir. It, yes, sir, it is. <laughs> and I, I looked at my wife, and I'm like, there's no way I'm not getting a ticket. Like, this is it. I've been pulled over four times in the last two years. They've got to see all, all these verbal warnings I've gotten. Like, enough's enough, right? And the guy let mm-hmm. me go. Even not having a vehicle inspection, he did not let me, he, did, he didn't He did say anything. And I did tell him I got the car in Pennsylvania and the uh, inspection carries through. And this is a young cop who, you know, these guys aren't lawyers. So as long as you say something that sounds plausible, they'll probably, you know, go with it. And he did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so suck it, everybody. You don't need your vehicle inspected. All right, let's get on to Batman.
0: uh, That concludes the section where Sean teaches us how to skirt the law, I guess. Uh, Yeah. Just life life wisdom coming from the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) we're talking about... Two episodes of Batman: The Animated Series today. As always, we're talking. This today we're. I feel like if
1: you can't tell this is a Batman podcast already, then uh, yeah, you're not paying attention. Yeah, yeah, it's not
0: uh, how how to avoid getting tickets on the road in Maine, which apparently now it's (laughs) apparently it's it's a lawless lawless place up there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but uh, we're we're talking about two episodes. We're talking about Cult of the Cat. Mm-hmm. an animal act we've got a uh, an animal twofer for you this week so we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about cult of the cat
1: there she is get her
0: sorry boys but goldie's mine now Cult of the Cat story by Paul Dini and Stan Berkowitz teleplay by Stan Berkowitz, directed by Butch Lukic. Or Lukic? I don't know.
1: Hmm.
0: In this one, Batman tries to help Catwoman, who is being chased by a cat cult due to a statue she stole. Um, why is it that like fifty percent? It seems like fifty percent of Catwoman episodes revolve around something like supernatural or some sort of cult thing like she's been turned into a literal <laughs> cat uh she got some sort of weird animal-based disease mm-hmm. uh this one she's being hunted down by a cult a, a cat-based cult yeah um I, i'm kind of i don't i guess that. why can't they just tell catwoman stories i guess why do they have to be so on brand
1: yeah i don't know man like my thought that this was i, I don't love the cult thing but mm-hmm. i you, you kind of have to go for it i mean this episode's clearly doing a thing and Oh, if sure, you're not down sure. with it, then you're not going to enjoy the rest. And I actually – I do enjoy this episode. And normally I'm not like a – this is a secret cult of thieves type of guy, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I actually uh, – all, all that being said that I just said, I, I actually enjoyed this more than those other ones. Yeah. Those other Catwoman I agree. episodes. I, I feel like the Catwoman episodes have been not the best because they end up getting so gimmicky. Like she's yeah. – the best episodes with her are where she's sort of like mm-hmm. – in a t- in a two first sort of with somebody else, like that first one where she's stealing the yeah. whatever with her and Robin or something, and, and the this, the one this season with N- Nightwing was pretty good. <laughs> when she um, when
1: she says uh, you're not a boy wonder anymore, you're a man wonder. <laughs> bet you're vouching for that one. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's a good line. Right. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean that might show up in a Batman comic very soon. I'm, who's to say? <laughs> um, yeah, I I like this one a lot more than those ones. I I, I think because the center of it was still uh Catwoman and Batman kind of like sparring with each other and I yeah. I, I like that stuff a lot. Yeah. Um and I didn't think that I think like what I agree with what you're saying where it's like they're definitely going for something and they definitely go all in on they it. They do, and I to think, their credit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it comes out as being a really fun uh kind of action adventure yeah. uh, episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I really like the uh Wolverine claws on the ninjas, uh, I like yes, that there's a lot yeah. of motorcycles in this. Of course, these bikes aren't as well animated. The ellipses on the wheels were a little off, but I give it a pass because mm-hmm. they did really well with the claws and um, the swords and the gunplay and all that stuff. I thought it was uh, really well animated.
0: Yeah, there's some. Uh, it's like uh, gratuitous Wolverine stuff in this one. <laughs> uh, they're not even trying to make it different. Yeah. I mean, they're using like the like, same sound effect and everything. Like,
1: why wouldn't you do t- this? Is before X23. So why wouldn't you do two claws? Uh, or make them slightly different shape or make them less you know predator shaped or whatever i don't know uh yeah. nope, it's just wolverine pretty much you yep. know nope. it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's funny you
0: bring up x23 because that that uh the female ninja assassin did remind me a lot of her because yeah. like the costume is kind of similar yeah. um but uh yeah it's uh i i like that they were ninjas i like that they yeah. they have this uh cult that they're a part of which you know cult plus ninja you think is going to breed some sort of honorable fighting style but they are not above just showing up with a machine yeah. gun and trying to shoot you yeah
1: yeah i mean uh, um, there does seem to be some nobility and tradition in the way that the leader is running her test phase you know uh he, he thinks that she thinks she's got to go through a few waves of tests or whatever and he sort of just excuses her from all of that because she brings him Batman unconscious and he's like yeah you're done now you're part of the club yeah <laughs> you know?
0: yeah it's almost like you know he, he uh, checked to make sure that her insurance was uh, up to date and it wasn't yeah. and she didn't have the right plates on her car and he still let her go yeah <laughs>
1: well you uh, know what maybe I'm very sexy and seductive behind the wheel towards that officer maybe there's something <laughs> about me
0: I know I think you're leaving something out about this interaction with this cop that you had yeah <laughs>
1: I almost asked um, him if he was a Batman fan. I was almost gonna play that <laughs> card to see if that would get me anything. I wish you had, and I wish he was
0: like, no, I like Spider-Man, and he gave you a two hundred.
1: He's ticket. like, oh no, I know who you are, Mister Murphy, and I, I'm very much a Marvel person. So fuck you. <laughs> Oh, that would have been sweet. You never know. I mean, you know, Uh, you hear rumors cops are all on power kicks. Like, why wouldn't they read comics? I mean, there's a motorcycle gang near me called The Punishers, which is a whole problematic thing in and of itself. (laughs) Yeah, okay. But I think if you ask a cop if he's into comics, there's better, more likely than if you just asked a random person on the street. I think cops are more likely to have had read comics, or at least consider themselves some kind of action hero based on a Jean-Claude Van Damme (laughs) movie that has some kind of crossover, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't surprise
0: me. <laughs> as as he puts on the cuffs. <laughs> um I you know, I I didn't notice the wheel the motorcycle, but I I actually thought the animation was kind of was was good in this. Yeah. I liked um there's a there's a lot of I noticed there's a lot of narrow vertical backgrounds. Yeah. Like they do this nice kind of like uh uh camera tilt at the beginning through like the sliver of an alleyway which is very long and vertical. Yeah. They've got um the uh the chimney climb that they have to do towards them it's it's the same kind of thing yeah
1: that furnace was cool
0: yeah and it it works really well yeah and um and on top of that i I thought like the uh sequence where batman falls down the roof after the chimney explodes was cool Mm. uh it's it's a pretty solid episode i there's not there's not really a lot that stands out i feel like it's like two clicks away from being a bad one, like, it very easily could have, you know, fallen yeah. off the cliff.
1: Yeah, like, you have the bad guy who's stroking a white cat the whole time, so he's very much a James Bond villain. You know, you have a... I mean, they know that they're playing on stereotypes, but they're they're right, sort of right. okay with it. Um, but you're right. I mean, there wasn't really any bad dialogue or any wasted time. There's nothing wrong with the episode. I'm gonna give it a four, but I don't know what... I don't know if an episode like this can ever be a five, because it's, t- yeah, the nature of it.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess it's it kind of speaks to what what does a, what does a five consist of? And yeah. like if 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 this is I, I don't know if I'd give this a four. Would I? Well, we can get to that towards the end. Yeah, but, I'm going to rethink that. Too, uh, but yeah. But like what this is a very solid episode. Yeah. It's It's got the animation solid. The character work is solid. The writing it's it's dealing with a over the top premise that it it leans into but not so much that it gets silly mm-hmm. um this yeah, yeah. is it's as good it's, as it can but,
1: be considering the subject matter
0: yeah like what what would you what would you think it would need in order to to kick it up a couple notches well
1: first i'd put her in her old costume because i hate catwoman's costume <laughs> but that's <laughs> well, yeah, i know okay. we all agree on that um i don't know like uh, maybe more between her and batman like uh where is their relationship now like i can tell that she still thinks that she can kind of control him by flirting with him. Mm -hmm. But he's sort Mm -hmm. of over it. I mean, she literally kisses him and he's like, is that about it? Turns around and walks away. Maybe a little bit more there. Maybe about how they reconcile the fact that they've chosen to go in different directions and sort of her loss or his loss, depending on how you look at it. Maybe something like Mm -hmm. that to play up the subplot a bit.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about it too. And I was trying to think, well, she doesn't really like change at all, right. and she doesn't really learn anything right but does she really need to it's it's, it's not really yeah. about that so much but maybe that's right. what would make it put it over the top is have yeah. it be about more than just
1: fighting off a, a, yeah. I mean, she a, does, a cat cult she does save his life I mean she she's sort of shifting both sides all the time and when he right. comes to take her away she fools him he turns around and she knocks him out She's going to drag him out so they don't find him, so she still thinks that she's acting in his best interest, but she gets caught. They get caught, so they go with it, and she eventually turns and helps Batman out. So if you started the episode off with him assuming she's just all villain now, and he doesn't think there's anything redeemable about her, and then she proves to him that she sort of does still care a little bit, because she does save his life, maybe that would be the thing that would make this better? I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and the and the relationship between them is interesting too cuz I I have never been a huge fan of Batman and Catwoman legitimately just making out with each other yeah. and like being hot in, in a relationship. I I always I much prefer this kind of dynamic where she's really into him, mm-hmm. he's not having any of it, and whether or not she's legitimately into him, uh, you know, like the yeah. the subtext on both sides is kind of like in the air where it's like, is he not having any of it? Cause he's actually into her. Mm-hmm. And is she really into him or is she just doing it as a, yeah. as a ploy? Like, I, I've always found that a lot more interesting than, yeah. Okay. They're They're making out now, but that's, I guess that's just me. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I said this before, but I just, yeah, the visual of two masked vigilantes kissing on a rooftop, I just, it I always cringe. Um, Anytime Batman mm-hmm. is, shows like romantic interest and he's dressed as a fucking superhero, I just can't take it seriously. <laughs> but I know I'm the, I know that most readers are fine with that, <laughs> you know. So
0: yeah, I I don't know because I, I I feel like Batman takes the job extremely seriously. Yeah, and <laughs> so I don't. And I, I understand that it's like, well, you know, that's what makes it unique is is that it, when he does crack and he does make out with something or something, but I don't know. Yeah, he just seems like he's he's taking it too seriously all the time. Yeah. in order to make out with somebody while he's on the job,
1: you know, you know, when he kisses um, Talia Al Ghul at the end of that two parter, I'm okay with that. And keep in mind, he's mm. bare, literally bare chested in the desert um, at this time. But I think because as, as you should be. <laughs> exactly. And you could argue that it's a three-parter because it starts off with this episode called Vertigo or something. Right. And then you right. get into this two-parter. So by this time, the, everything they've been through in that moment, you can, she's sort of been slightly hitting on him for three episodes now. He finally gives in and does kiss her. That I'm okay with for some reason. But if it's just mm-hmm. like the, the issue of a new Batman comic with him and Catwoman and they're making out on the cover, like with Gotham Skyline behind them, I don't know why. I just have a hard time with that
0: yeah yeah i agree I, I it's i don't know it just seems less fun to me yeah um <laughs> i yeah i mean we don't have to get it yeah i think we though, said all like, again yeah about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about how you and i hate romance <laughs> well it's not even that, like I don't, I don't have a problem with that it's just i don't know it's just some something about like especially when i think about the next episode where when he's dressed as batman he is so cold mm. towards dick yeah and Dick is still trying to, you know, he he's, Dick is a lot, um, uh, warmer to Bruce as than yeah. Bruce is to, to Dick when they're in costume. I agree. And I just watching that, I keep thinking like this Batman, Batman wouldn't be making out with Pete. If he's acting this way to Nightwing and just critiquing his performance yeah. on, sh- uh, stealthiness or stuff, he's not yeah. going to be making out with
1: people, you know? He would, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, did we ever talk about the, uh, Tom King, uh, Catwoman, Batman, marriage thing. Uh, I think we've referenced
0: it, yeah. in passing. I, I don't think we've ever like really talked about it, though. Yeah,
1: no. It's so the, Batman was supposed to get married to Catwoman in DC. Uh, I think they've admitted that, that they fucked up, but you know, a year year and a half ago, they played up this whole thing. Batman's getting married, life changing event, blah blah blah. Um, they called up comic book shops and said, you know, you got to order a lot of this book and. You should throw a little wedding party. And we're even sending you little wedding invitations from Bruce and Selena. So they really went in all on the marketing, to their credit, Mm -hmm. which, you know, comic Mm -hmm. companies are not always uh, good at that stuff. So uh, the day came, and there was a leak uh, a a day or two before, and it was revealed that there was no wedding. It was just a build-up, and at the last minute, they decided not to get married. Everybody Mm -hmm. was pissed. Comic book shops had ordered wedding cakes and had gone through (laughs) with this big social event and like i remember uh talking about this with someone in marketing uh, a year ago and i asked her like you know what gives she's like well you know even bad marketing is good marketing and i go what like i i don't know like yeah i mean bad publicity is good publicity like i I mean everyone's heard that phrase but i i beg to differ and i said like i don't know like you really led people on and if you even try to do another a marketing scheme like this people are not going to believe you like I really feel like that was a giant mistake um and I think she eventually came around and the whole company did because I don't Tom's not working on Batman anymore if that's the reason or not I don't I don't know um but yeah I, I think about that when I think about Catwoman now
0: <laughs> yeah I I I I read the story and I didn't mind the story yeah. like because but the thing is like I I I don't know. I feel like it is a two way street because in the back of my head, I'm always like, "You really think that they're going to get? Ma- you think this is going to go off without a hitch? Yeah. Like that's not how stories work, right. you know? <laughs> like on, yeah. very rarely is that how it works. Yeah. Like the, the Joker always shows up or something or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's never, it's never. Uh, this is the issue where everything goes off as planned right. and the wedding, the wedding planner has check just checks boxes while while everybody right. everything plays out and they get married. Yeah, that's not how comic books work. Yeah. No. So on the one hand, it's like, come on, use your brain a little bit here. Obviously, they're not just going to get married. But on the other hand, if you're playing it up that much on a marketing angle, uh-huh. yeah, there's probably some gray area there where it's like, uh, yeah, this is probably not the yeah the most honest honest way to handle yeah. this event. No, you know?
1: comic book people do not like to be fucked with like this. Uh, you know, they're they're hard in on a, they're one of their favorite hobbies. It's expensive. It takes a lot of effort and time travel to like be into comics and to stay part of the culture and then to, to screw with them mm-hmm. like this i mean they don't mind being misled every now and then for in fun ways but a big one like that i i would have had them get married and stay married for six months and then find a reason to break it up or they're married and something weird happens on the honeymoon like to, to have them get married justify the parties and the wedding cakes you know
0: have them get married and then after after six months Everybody wants them to break up because they're like, yeah, this is terrible. They never should have gotten married. This makes for awful stories. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's if you look at James Bond, right, there's the James Bond movie where James Bond gets married. And that's a big deal. Uh And he does get married. But then the movie ends with his wife getting shot by Blofeld or whoever. So it's it never it never sticks. It never goes off without a hit. Which
1: uh, Um, movie was that? That wasn't Timothy Dolphin.
0: No, it was uh on Her Majesty's Secret Service, I believe. Okay. Uh the
1: the Which which Bond? Oh
0: shit. I, I know I know the the one that took over after Connery left, whose name Not Roger. Lazenby. George Lazenby.
1: Oh. That he just did one movie, that guy?
0: Yes, he just um, did the one, and yeah. then uh, really interesting story actually about that guy. You should, uh, yeah, people listening who don't know, it should look him <laughs> up. He basically, he was basically not an actor. He walked into the production studio and just looked like James Bond, uh-huh. and he was like, "You should give me this part." And they're like, "You know what? <laughs> Great idea." <Yeah. laughs> and uh, he lasted for one movie that people didn't like at the time, yeah. and then they paid Sean Connery a shitload of money to come back.
1: Oh, yeah, there you go. Like they might have to pay Robert Downey Jr. to come back if uh, the Marvel Universe doesn't figure itself out now (laughs) yeah i i'm not worried about that well at least not for a while anyway yeah
0: um but yeah i I think overall this is a a pretty solid one uh do you have something you'd want to draw from it
1: yeah you know that when they're sneaking out of that chimney i like the vertical aspect of it uh and i'm a as you know i'm a nut for anytime i can do really long vertical panels i'm down with it Mm -hmm. so i could see Mm -hmm. a page where they're starting at the bottom and you have these nice sexy thin slices of panels and they're moving their way up and really, kind of playing with that format, and then you know, um, explosion and all that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think I'd go for that. What about Do you, you? have? Uh, when I well, I wanted to ask
0: you about vertical
1: panels because I
0: when I use vertical, I, I find vertical panels great. I really like them. Yeah. But I feel like they can be difficult as far as um, leading the eye yeah. in a storytelling manner because yeah. they, by nature, they they go down. Like your eye is yeah. going to go down. Yeah. But generally. I usually only put them on the left side of the page because if – well, most of the time because if you put them on the right, then you get kind of like mm-hmm. – can get kind of mixed mixed up with yeah. direction or where to go or whatever. Yeah. But even still, it's like by nature, they're going down but you kind of need the eye to go up. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: – I hear what you're saying. Um, do, do you do you have a, a method of reconciling it's, that? It's tricky because if half of your page is going to be one – you know vertical panel if it's on the le- the right side for example you're going to be reading the first handful of panels on the left kind of stacked and your eye, right. you're going to see what's in that final panel so you really can't do a big reveal because your gaze is hovering right near that big reveal anyway whereas mm-hmm. if the big reveal panel was the last panel on the page and it was a horizontal shot you might actually get there and be like oh my god you know so and so is still alive or whatever But when you stack them vertically, you can't help but skip to the end accidentally. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, What I do is I'll do. It's funny. I just did this vertical panel and I have it on the left side. It doesn't go all the way down. It goes like three quarters of the way down. And then the last panel of the page is a horizontal one at the base. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you get the vertical. It doesn't distract so much where you your eye goes all the way down to the character's feet then you have to go all the way back up to panel two. Like I get what you're saying. It's, it's a long way for your gaze to go. So I find that by shortening the vertical panel by two thirds and then trying to come up with some visual elements to point you back yeah. up to, to panel two, that's the way I found that it works for me, but I'm always rethinking this shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I wonder how much, how much you can avoid that, uh, Eye eye line problem with just the dialogue because the dialogue is probably going to be hanging at the around the top of the panel anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I you might be able to kind of like cheat by well, the eye has to go to the top anyway for the dialogue, and then naturally you're going to move over or whatever.
1: But yeah, if there is dialogue in the panel anyway, (laughs) yeah, yeah. What would you draw? Did you already answer this? Sorry,
0: no, I haven't. Um, I I feel like I would want to draw those Ninja Wolverine guys, yeah. I think that would be kind of fun. Like Batman and Catwoman facing off against those uh ninja dudes with the Wolverine Claws. I think that'd be pretty fun.
1: Yeah, those are cool. Especially well for me, when they're on a motorcycle too. Uh yeah, it's kinda of all there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
0: also like the, the the uh the setting at the end is really cool. This sort of like weird temple. You know, <laughs> that's another element. I don't know if the brand manager has his <laughs> has his fingers in the number of uh underground like temples there seem to be all around Gotham City? Yeah. Because there, there there seems to be a few of them. This is not the first time we've come across this. Yeah, it's a whole so, side
1: of the market that he hasn't really well, maybe he's aware of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's just like too much to deal with because, you know, there's sewage problems and yeah. and, and Imagine, it's, well, it's really old real estate. Yeah. It's like legacy real estate. So who really owns I mean, that anyway? His,
1: his eyes, the brand manager's eyes must light up when a new wealthy guy walks into the shop and he's like, I want to start a cult and i need to buy yeah. a ton of costumes. <laughs> oh boy. I'll give you the I'll give you a discount, you know. Mass <laughs> cat cat or planet. You want a, a cult based
0: around planets or you want a cult based on That's all i got right now. <laughs> yeah. I got these Wolverine claws. I don't know if you can work these in. <laughs>
1: They're a little Well, <laughs>
0: technically we can't call them that because of copyright issues, so they're uh
1: they're hairy Canadian yeah. claws. I also have a giant white albino cat for some reason. You want to take that too? <laughs> I'll give it to you for free.
0: That's that's the thing that I really enjoy about this concept <laughs> of this character is that it's not that he like orders this stuff from a catalog. It's just that he acquires it. Yeah. So eventually he's like, yeah, I went to a yard sale and I got this giant cat.
1: Yeah. I'm sure if I, if I maybe if I paint it white, we can sell it to some idiot starting a cat cult or something. I think he's got a team of people. One guy is going to the flea markets at like 6 a.m. before all the other dealers, (laughs) when you get there before everyone else has shopped, and he picks through all the valuable stuff. Another guy who's Mm -hmm. working in theater and just buying up old uh, costume, you know, boxes and stuff like that when you think about what it would take to have this side business and to be mm-hmm. it's like you're an antique dealer and the dealer of the dark arts and you know those like museum shops in new york with like skulls well, in the window
0: yeah you know you have to you have to think that he's got a guy going to like police auctions because the police are probably just like selling a shit out on bulk yeah. in bulk right yeah. it's like oh well batman just took down the riddler yeah so we've got 14 uh, bowler hats with question marks on them that we need to get out of our our, uh, our evidence locker. So he, the brand manager sends his guy down, yeah. buys it back at a fraction of the price. Right. Then when the Riddler gets out, he comes back to the brand manager, right. and the Riddler's like, you just, these are the same ones you sold me last time. He's like, well, you shouldn't have got cut. So,
1: <laughs> you know what? If you were smart, you would uh, put a tracer in one of these hats and then wait for it to resurface in the street, and then you'd pick up the Riddler or some wannabe Riddler guy again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I'll bet the brand manager has like scanners. Like when you know you go through like uh, Long Beach with a shipment into this country, they have to scan it for a while. They bring down like oh I bet he's got something like that where he can X-ray everything. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to his his character. Yeah, it's
0: really it's really starting to branch (laughs) out into a whole ecosystem. (laughs) Anyway, um, so what what do you think you this one?
1: Uh, I'm going to adjust to a uh, high three.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's a high three. It, it it's missing <clears throat> excuse me. It's missing something yeah. from like kicking it up a notch. But like as far I think especially in this season, it stands out because a lot of these a lot of these episodes that are just kind of action episodes we found to be like lacking in story and, mm-hmm. and lacking in some sort of extra element. Yeah. And this one has the uh batman and catwoman interactions that i think work really well and it also doesn't end super abruptly like they tend to
1: yeah you're right this one yeah the pacing's a bit better on this than normal yeah but not as good Uh, as the next one as far as pacing yeah the next one's pretty
0: solid um, which we will get into in a second yeah Uh, yeah. (laughs) we're gonna take a quick break and we'll talk about animal act
1: Not so fast, big fella.
0: You heard him. All right, Animal Act, written by Hillary J. Bader, directed by Kurt Gaeta. And in this one, a series of thefts is, is being committed. Is that grammatically correct? Yeah, I guess so. A series? a series of robberies is being committed by circus animals in a town where Nightwing's Old Circus is performing. Is it an old friend that is training the animals to steal or someone else?
1: Mm. Yeah, man. Uh, what I love about this episode the most is you get more look at uh, Nightwing's sweet dragon style Japanese apartment.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we get the we get the return of the Japanese apartment and yeah. we also see his hair pulled back into a ponytail, yeah. which makes me doubly sure that it is in fact a mullet <laughs> because when he's Nightwing, it's just flowing free and he's still got that short hair on the top.
1: Man, we thought that's was really the world's down. greatest detective. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's funny. I, I love the return to the circus life. I like it especially because he's older now and everyone calls him Dicky. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, did you know that it was the Mad Hatter right away when you saw that clown? I
0: did. Weirdly yeah. enough, um, I, I I had I had seen the breakdown of the episode, so I knew he was in it. But yeah. as soon as I saw that clown, I was like, "He that just looks like the Mad Hatter with <laughs> face paint on."
1: <laughs> yeah, If you are looking for it. Yeah, but they do plant him very well. Like I think he pops up twice. Yes. And yes, then at the yeah. end, it's not so much of a yeah um i yeah. was a little un- unnerved because you're right you mentioned previously that uh bruce is so rigid with the bat family like he can't even take a joke he's such a straight man that the other character inevitably becomes the comic relief and right. you don't have to work hard like when batman shows up in dick's apartment dick's like thanks for knocking i mean and that's not like ha ha funny but still dick is the comic relief and um Batman for as warm as he is to Selena Kyle, he's certainly pretty cold to his kids.
0: Yeah. And uh that first scene when Nightwing shows up and, and Robin's like psyched to see him and then Batman, the first thing Batman says is you should work on your uh,
1: uh Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I heard you walking you should... a mile away or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's it is very much like a a uh a fa- a, a fatherly thing where it's like, hey, I did this and they're like, Well, how come you didn't do this? And like, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. There's also this great moment in the apartment when batman has come in and there's this he's him and dick are staring at each other and it's silent and then batman's beeper goes off and they take another second and a half to have them stare at each other quietly before batman answers it (laughs) and um that's a very unlike this season because normally they don't take moments like this like this feels like a more uh season one style uh pacing for me
0: yeah, it does, and also the the setting of the episode feels that way too. Yeah. Um. The thing that's missing from this for me though is I wish there was more of Dick back at the circus because mm-hmm. you only get like a couple scenes and it's only a little a, a little bit of uh, uh, interaction. I kind of wish. I'm glad they didn't do any flashbacks because I feel like <laughs> you easily easily could have done. Oh, Dick's back at the circus. Wow. Yeah. Doodly-doo, doodly-doo, doodly-doo. yeah. And then yeah. he has like there's like five minutes of what it was like for him at the circus as a kid. And it's like I don't I don't really think you
1: need to do any of that stuff. But You know, it's funny you say that because I thought uh, to make this a five, I would have and this would change the episode completely, I agree. I would have gone into flashback and you can see Dick with his family and get more context there and then show this girl who he was friends with and then show where they are right now. But that's mm-hmm. a, totally different episode she would need to be rewritten like that's obviously what they're not they're not trying to do that here i get that right i kind of want to see an episode that's a flashback for dick just to revisit the old circus days and to give his mom and dad more context you know yeah i'm i
0: am kind of surprised they didn't do it because that is a that is a a context with him that they have never really explored at least not that i can remember i don't think they've ever done like a circus centric episode
1: with him no except for the origin um sure the two-parter but that's it
0: yeah but since then it seems like him going back to the circus should be a bigger deal especially especially since everybody knows like if it was just any circus mm-hmm. then fine whatever but since this is the one that he traveled with and everybody knows yeah. him yeah. i'm surprised that they didn't lean into that stuff a yeah. little bit
1: more <laughs> did i felt sort of unnerved watching bruce wayne eat popcorn jauntily walking <laughs> next to dick and like it's a nice day isn't it I don't know what it is about that. Or a guy that's so stone cold in the apartment. Like, when he puts that cowl on, he just turns into mm. a dick. But you give him yeah, some popcorn, yeah. he's your best bud.
0: Yeah, yeah. You just got to catch him on a day when he's not in costume, and then he's your <laughs> best friend.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, the uh, the girl in question is voiced again, uh, by Jane Widland from the Go-Go's, again. Uh, she had a small part in the Torch, the uh, Firefly episode, but that's, oh, yeah. that she's got a much bigger part in
1: this the one. The girl from uh, Bill and Ted. Yep, yep. Man, I gotta uh, look her up. Is she still hot? I bet she is. She's got <laughs> one of those bodies. You could just tell. Even in that like big ass sweatshirt and Bill and Ted's, you could tell that there was something going on underneath. Uh uh-huh, huh. Uh-huh. What's what's her well, name? Well
0: uh Jane Widland, W I E D L I N. I think. It's either I E or E I. I think it's I E.
1: Right. Wideland. Why men? No. Nope. Wide. With a D. Okay, Wideland. Alright, let me see here. Alright, images. Hold
0: on, everybody hold on, we, we're finding out, Sean's right, finding so out w- she's so
1: W-I-E-D-L-I-N. I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay. No, there's not much on her, maybe if I spell her name wrong. You you can talk about something else while I'm doing this, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> this is just getting weird. We're, we're just waiting, we're just waiting <laughs> to find out. Alright, I'm looking up alright, I got her. Yeah, she's still hot, she's still got like Jonah Jet sex appeal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, good well, Jonah Glad- too glad that we all figured that out the eyebrows are a little thick i don't know if you need to do that i'm sure if you guys were all i mean you would all agree with me if you were here trust me (laughs) all right enough of that uh well i thought she i thought she was really
0: good i she gives a good performance as that character um yeah i think she's got some chemistry with the uh the guy who plays dick grayson yeah um yeah, for a character, like, it, it's just so strange to me because, like, that character, too, is very much like, oh, this is a girl that he knew when he was younger. Mm-hmm. I was really surprised that they didn't give any yeah. backstory there. Like, they maybe they had, you know, a fling when they were, you know, really young or something. There's yeah. none of that. It's just like, oh, this is someone I know. Yeah, They both kind of acknowledge that they're hot now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I that's kind of, of it. I mean, the visual of her with that really cool snake around her is, pretty awesome yeah like I would yeah. hello dick what are you dead come on <laughs> yeah
0: that's what I mean like if he's there exploring the if he's there investigating something and has to actually spend time at the circus then you mm-hmm. get some uh, opportunity for them to interact a little bit more and you know yeah. either rekindle something or, or start something maybe and I, yeah. it's just I, it's I wonder if it if it's one of the failings of this season where they don't do that Mm. Where they have to kind of focus in on the, the just the plot instead of yeah. uh, letting the story breathe a little more.
1: And the, the action, too. I mean, it was a cool idea to have the Mad Hatter control a bunch of um, circus show freaks, performers. Because mm-hmm. they give you a chance to have, like, you know, the guy that spits fire, the uh, elephants, the lion, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Like, I could see what they were aiming for. Um, and for a kids' show, I guess that's the obvious. But yeah, like you, I, I'm like I kind of want to know what's going on with this female character. Um, and like I said, like I wouldn't mind more flashbacks. But I think it should be a, like the next episode if they ever revisit this character. That's what I'd want to see.
0: Yeah I, I i would I would say so too i <laughs> I thought the the most hilarious part of this episode was um, when when he reveals himself. Hmm. Uh, when the Mad Hatter reveals himself, he goes over and takes the chips off of the bears at when they bring the bears back and this he's giant like after <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I have to make sure nobody finds these chips, and it's like <laughs> the size of a brick on a bear. Where's he hiding that?
1: A lot of scruff on bears. I guess yeah,
0: he He's got the little the little tiny ones that he can stick on humans, like just behind the ear, but for yeah. bears and stuff, he needs and, this gigantic like motherboard that he yeah. <laughs> staples to their back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, and it's like bears are dumb. Their brains are small. They don't need as big of a microchip, you would assume. Yeah, I, I guess uh, <laughs> maybe the
0: technology just isn't there yet.
1: Did uh, I might have missed this, but why was he using animals to steal things? Was there anything more to it uh, than that?
0: Great question, actually. Okay. Um,
1: like, was he I building don't... something? Why animals? How did he get this idea?
0: I actually don't know. That's a okay. really good question. Do they not <laughs> cover that? I mean, they they might have covered it, and I just...
1: Yeah. I missed you know. it. I thought you would catch it. So
0: Is this uh is this the first episode? Yeah, this is the first day. he he shows up uh this is the first on Hatter the episode. Yeah, he shows up in the uh the uh talk show in Over yeah. the Edge when they have the the right. uh, uh, villains on, but he doesn't do anything there. Uh, yeah. but this is the first Mad Hatter episode of of this new season.
1: I think first and last Although yeah. for a Superman episode where Superman is pretending to be Batman, you do have Mad Hatter and Bane.
0: Oh, right. That's but, a good, that's a good one. I remember that one.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing: is they redesign. Even the Riddler is wearing green tights in this season, but he only has one appearance. I think.
0: Does he get an? Ep- does the Riddler get an episode to himself? Because that no. that design looks I, terrible. Yeah, it, lo- it looks like they just did it to do it, and they didn't actually think about it.
1: Yeah, I remember him being in one. It might be the same Superman episode I'm talking, I'm thinking about because I remember he uh, was tied up. His wrists were tied, and somebody picked him up with like a crane, and he was just his legs were dangling in the air or whatever, and he just looked dumb. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a bonafide Riddler episode in this season. Yeah.
0: Well, that's too bad. I'm. Yeah. I I one of the things I'm rem I I've been surprised about in this whole series is how few Riddler episodes there are. There's only like three or four, I think, in there. Yeah, well, they they're complained. all very similar.
1: Yeah, I mean, even that book I have, I and mean, I didn't know by the way, this book that Joe, our friend, was recommending that we get. It's like the Batman animated series handbook from the Warner Brothers store back in the '90s, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I have a copy. I didn't know that it was. If you have tried to buy it now, you used, it's like 150 bucks. But yeah, I think, uh, it's, I think it's out of print now. Yeah. They, they talk about how um, how hard Riddler was to write and how they were the most brutal scripts. And uh, you and I joked before, like, you basically repeated one episode. So how hard can it right. be to rip yourself off? But,
0: right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, that just shows how difficult they were to write if they did the same episode <laughs> twice, basically.
1: Yeah. I, it is hard to... Uh, when you're writing a character who speaks a certain way... Like, when I wrote Mad Hatter, I had to pour through these Lewis Carroll quotes and try to find one that could possibly be twisted into something clever that he might say to Batman. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm writing Joker, you know, I try to write these bad jokes and try to figure out bad puns. That, you know, normally when you write characters, you just think of it as speaking as you would in your own head. But when they have a mm-hmm. specific spin, then it does slow you down as far as writing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I uh, when I when was when I was doing Bloody Hell... I had I had to kind of balance uh language affect a bit because yeah. these character the, the the characters in the first issue or the first chapter mm-hmm. are all um English soldiers from the ni- early 1900s like 1914 1918 and so I'm I'm writing it and I'm going like all right this could turn into parody really quickly if yep. I try to really lean into yeah. what this might sound like. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, I have to make sure it doesn't just sound like me mm-hmm. talking the way that I talk. And how much um, slang from the time do you want to throw in before it starts feeling like you're forcing it? That kind of right. stuff gets interesting. Yeah. And uh, when the Vikings showed up, that was a whole different thing because it's <laughs> like, I have to write these characters, you know, the, the, I'm writing the Vikings kind of like larger than life, you know? Right, uh, yeah. Kind of Thor-esque, but I didn't want to go all the way into like Thor dialogue where it's lots of like veriles and mm-hmm. the low, low <laughs> he hath come over the mountain, that kind of crap.
1: Yeah, you want to cut down the lows and the halves. Um I think dropping in a, a word, like a reminder every now and then, is, it's like when you, when... Uh, Claremont would write rogue. He would have her say "y'all." Uh, oh, Claremont loved that shit. He would he, he was all over that shit. But it wasn't like because you actually wrote if, if um, you actually wrote a southern accent the way that it sounds, it would be almost really really hard to read.
0: Because right, it's such a right. thick
1: accent. But if you just have a "y'all" in there every now and then, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, she's she's, she's from the south.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but when I was uh, um, when I was doing my my on uh, online book dead meat years ago i had one character who was english and i was trying to figure out how to write his dialogue without it again without resorting into like this is what i think a cockney person sounds like (laughs) yeah and uh the 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 solution that i found was to as much as possible or as often as possible um use english spellings of words so Uh if it was color i would throw in the u
1: right yeah yeah
0: which I think is something you can only really do in print because yeah. that that pretty immediately I mean well if you, if you if you notice it it immediately yeah. tells you that this person is is English or European or whatever right um, but I don't know if that's too subtle to really come across but I thought right. it was kind of kind of clever
1: yeah no that is man when I was writing punk rock Jesus I had a character from Northern Ireland and instead of using the word for I said fur like F E R Oh sure. Um and a couple other tweaks that I thought I invented and then I read preacher and I saw Garth <laughs> had done the same exact thing. I'm like, oh all right, I'm not as clever as I thought.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's a there's a sweet spot to doing that stuff where yeah. it doesn't overpower things. And just like from a writing standpoint too, mm-hmm. like if you're if you're doing that Claremont stuff where, you know, oh, I'm writing uh I'm writing Banshee, so everything he <laughs> says has to be phonetically <laughs> with an irish accent it's like that's just gonna slow you down man yeah. You know, try yeah. to think out okay i can't write didn't i have to write dinne d i n n a e in order to make this and it's like ugh,
1: do you really have to do that probably yeah not. if you did din every now and then like three times a book and that's the only mm-hmm. thing you did then maybe it would work but uh yeah that's gonna be a record scratch for most readers
0: yeah i, I at least definitely now maybe I, I maybe it wasn't as much at the time because i mean when he started doing that, I think was when he did the the new x men where it was mm. a, a multicultural uh global team mm-hmm. and i I guess that kind of is like really leaning into the fact that each one of these characters is from a different part of the world if they're speaking differently, yeah, and maybe that doesn't get across as much if you're if they're all just speaking like you know. Yeah, how how you write Cyclops is the way you write <laughs> Sunfire is the way you write Banshee. Maybe it doesn't come across as well.
1: Yeah, uh, you, you're talking about uh, Dead Meat. Uh, I was going to ask. This is going to be a tangent. Mm-hmm. What do you think about when a creator has a, uh, their first idea or mm-hmm. their big idea that they've had since they like you're in high school and you start thinking of like I'm going to do a comic one day and this is going to be it. And it slowly starts to transform. And over the years, into your 20s, you kind of add on more stuff. Like, ooh, I could fit that into Dead Meat too. And I don't know if Dead Meat was that project for you. But it feels like most creators by their mid-20s have an idea that they've been cooking for at least five years. And it's a Mm -hmm. mix of all their favorite things. Um, And most of the time, these things don't get off the ground. Um, But I'm wondering, I'm always curious when a creator decides to move on from that and to just put it on the back burner. Like what makes them realize... Hey, maybe you should walk away from that and start something new. You know, maybe you're too close to that project for too long.
0: Well, Dead Meat very much was that project. Um, Yeah, I I, had I had started thinking that stuff up when I was in high school, actually, and it was one of those things that was I was always kind of like tinkering with it and adding stuff to it, like you're saying, up through Mm -hmm. college. My first. My first ever professionally published work was in Heavy Metal magazine with yeah. a short that was a that was dead meat. Yeah, and so it's it's uh, it had been the thing that I was that was just my my personal comic that I had been working on. And when I deci- and I when I got out of college, I, I was doing other stuff and I was doing these taking these jobs, um, freelancing jobs, and it wasn't really very satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. And I eventually decided that I wanted to just make draw a comic and I was like, all right, if I'm going to just have to do this myself and dead meat was the one that I had had in my mind long and long enough that I could, it was, I I knew that I could put it out there and I could actually create it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what I went with. And um, I think it took me, I I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't done that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also definitely came to a point where I was like, okay, I think I have to just let this go. Yeah, because uh, I had, I was doing that up through. Um, I think I it had started to slow down right around the time when I did the apprenticeship with you. Maybe like I, I think it was probably a I couple m- months yeah. after that. I was still kind of doing it, but it wasn't coming out as frequently as I, it had been.
1: I remember uh, when you. I remember saying to you once in class in front of everybody. And I regretted this immediately. And I don't know if I've ever apologized <laughs> to you for this. Um, and class is loose. We're up in my attic with five drawing desks and, you know, uh, with music going and a space heater. Uh, and you were talking about bloody hell. Oh, sorry. Um, dead meat. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had, the night before you had told us about your girlfriend and how you had been friends with her forever. And it took you like at least five years before you even asked her out or something like that. Uh, that's, the simplification of the story, but sure. Okay. Well, for the for the sake of argument, that's what I remember you <laughs> saying. And I said to you, don't, and your girlfriend's name is Caitlin. I go, don't let uh dead meat be your next Caitlin. Like it took you five years before you had the <laughs> balls to actually pony up and ask her out. And then what you did, you know, and I said, well, you know, with bloody hell, like even spending all this time, uh, putting it together and thinking about it, you had to either pull the trigger on this thing or move on. And I remember, and I didn't mean for it to get, personal but you know you telling a story the night before about you and your girlfriend and me throwing it back in your face and I wasn't trying to be mean but Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't have worded it in in hindsight I wish I hadn't worded it like that I was basically saying you gotta shit or get off the pot Mm -hmm. Um, but I used this personal story you had told the day before in front of everybody and uh, I don't know if that's that was the best move, so I am sorry.
0: <laughs> well, it's okay. I didn't really take the advice as good advice anyway, because yeah. clearly things worked out well with my girlfriend, so I mean.
1: <laughs> and you eventually did move on from bloody hell. I mean, I, mean, I keep doing that. And uh, dead meat. Yeah. Because I, I was yeah. trying to say to you, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe this is a great idea, but I you've been had this with you for so long. Maybe you should just put it on the back burner for now. But what I really wanted to say is, I think you just need to move past this, man. I think it's done. And you need to just think about doing something else from now on, you know.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it, it, I had never intent. Well, if it if it had turned out to be something that I could do forever, that would have been great. But like, yeah. it, I had always intended it to basically just be something that I could do that I yeah. could produce a book and get it out there. And I mean, I don't I don't get to the apprenticeship if I don't do blood uh, do dead meat. Uh, totally. You know, I don't start doing conventions if I don't do dead meat. So it's like I yeah. like it was. Yeah. It was the step I had to take in order to, to get to yeah. what I wanted to do. Right, uh, yeah. And, and when I, I was I, doing it, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, no, I remember saying to you, too, like, I agree. Like, it's not a waste of time. Uh, just because this thing doesn't get published didn't mean that it wasn't worth something. And like you said, it brought you to the apprenticeship. It got you to, you were always working on your drawing, and I saw you get better every year that I knew you. And, you know, but it seemed like there was such a heavy weight and cloud that it was in, that was dead meat that I was like, I don't know, man. I think you moved you've evolved as a writer too that maybe this isn't even worth fixing. Maybe you should just scrap it and start something brand new given your new skill set, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I learned... It, it was... You it you didn't was want the, to give it up.
1: You were, very, you were very much like not ready to move on from it.
0: Yeah, I think, I think at the time it was just because like it was what I was doing and yeah. I wanted to make sure... Because I, I had spent five years... Was it five yeah. years? Yeah, probably about five years like building building that as a brand as much yeah. as one can yeah. and uh <clears throat> and to for two varying degrees of success and it was working out pretty well but obviously i i had hit a wall otherwise mm-hmm. you know i probably wouldn't have been at the apprenticeship if i hadn't hit a wall yeah um and yeah i think it was it, it took I, when i when i got back and i started looking at other stuff i was pretty i was i i knew it was over i pretty much knew it was over yeah um yeah. It, which my it it still lives on in my twitter handle which apparently i can change i just haven't done it yet
1: (laughs) no keep it man it's too late now (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah i'm glad you moved on from it and maybe one day you'll find a way to grab some of the subplots in that story and do something new with it but uh -hmm. you know i think it was definitely part of your evolution was oh definitely yeah setting that down finally and i think we all a lot of creators have those those ideas in fact well, some of them don't, and the ones who don't, to me, should never try writing. You know, when mm-hmm. I looked at you and Tana, because Tana also had her own uh, comics going, you guys are obviously writers because you are writing as well as drawing, and you just think like a writer, and a lot of artists aren't like that. You know, they don't necessarily have their their bloody, uh, their dead meat, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, I, I but mean, I it, it hit. It says something that you guys were doing that. You were doing double duty by trying to be a writer, and I really do admire that about, you know, about you two. No, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, Mostly you know, tana. I think. You, go ahead. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> no, I, I feel like you have to if if you're capable of doing it, and you have to make your own opportunities if if you can. Yeah, um, I'm pretty the, sure. The advice. Anytime, I I know this is stupid advice, and it's really easy to say, but anytime someone comes up to me at a convention and goes, "Well, what do I have to do to get into comics?" and I say, "Well, you got to just make comics, like yeah. just just do it. Like if you if you." There's not, if you, if you can draw, you can probably write to some extent. So there's probably no reason why you can't do both mm. and just, just do it. Every, every drawing you do is going to be uh, better than the last one. Yeah. Hopefully.
1: I think uh, your dead meat idea was probably better than mine. The one that I had been working on for way too long that I had to give up to. Which um, was what? It was called, his name was Discus. I created him <coughs> in the nineties. He yep. looked like Spider Man, but he had like metal spider eyes. If that makes sense, and then I got into Gambit. No, it, it does not make
0: sense, <laughs> but I take your word for it. And
1: you can imagine all the rendering too that would go with the you know shiny Colossus style rendering. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Then I got into Gambit. So then Discus had uh, hair like Gambit, and then he had a mm-hmm. trench coat. Mm-hmm. And then I got into the Rocketeer, and I am like, well, a bomber jacket's better. And uh, I for it would drive me nuts. I'd be in class throughout grade school junior high and high school and i'm like what's gonna make or break discus is which which (laughs) jacket do i give him and i remember going back and forth and like literally losing sleep over it and of course because his name was discus he had a superpower was throwing things and he could like enhance the um like he could control the speed of moving objects whatever so was it was it
0: only was it only discus shaped things uh, so he was, he, could... he was powerless in a room full of baseballs, but if there was a <laughs> no. like a platter nearby, he could no. kill everybody. No,
1: I thought about this, man. So he had two commas uh, as weapons, and a comma is not a very common weapon but uh, it's like there's a, a sickle. It's like a handheld sickle in Korea. Oh, the
0: short the short staff sickle yeah. things? Yeah, okay.
1: So they would pop open, and he could throw those, <clears throat> and I thought, well, what if he was on a speeding car? He could charge the car up and then ch- and slow the car down or speed it up, so he could basically mm-hmm. take any, basically like Gambit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there was a spawn element, and then there was a Highlander element, and then I had him, like, as a sword. He like, used swords, and he lived in this, like, Irish uh, chapel built on this, like, gothic looking island off the coast and I don't know it was just too gunked up with too much bullshit and I had it with me and then you know I got into Travis Ture so discus had a lot more shiny black tight leather on them and then I remember taking that into college and uh I started learning about storytelling and I realized that discus was just a a bad mix of all this shit from the 80s and 90s that was never going to go I don't know I should spite myself and actually publish a discus comic someday
0: I was gonna ask. I was like, if I if I ever get the chance, I want to get a discus, a, a modern day drawing of discus from you.
1: <laughs> I got to dig up an old drawing. Uh, I don't know if I have any left, but yeah, I'll find a way to post it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I don't want anyone yeah.
1: stealing my awesome idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I had man, I I ran through so many of those in, in, when I was a kid because it was like I I was constantly coming up with characters, but like I never yeah. came up with stories. I just came up with characters. I even actually yeah. I even actually came up with a character called Preacher. Before I was uh, before I knew about the other book, yep. and Preacher was basically just a guy, a, a priest in a trench coat with a shotgun. <laughs> and also, I realized I didn't know how to spell Preacher, but uh. I got a- I got ahead of myself because the visual in my head I had Preacher, but the T in Preacher was a cross. Ooh. Only only later did I realize there is no T in Preacher, which really kind of ruined the whole concept for me.
1: Damn it. I mean, the T yeah. is a cross. Obviously, that's been done. But I feel like the word preacher needs a T in it now. Yeah, I think, so. I think so. I mean, you're thinking priest. If you called him priester or something, yeah, pri- priester. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: the priester.
1: You know, it's funny. When I first was spelling the word discus, I would accidentally spell it discuss. And I, nice. got yep. fucking up as a name for a good part of my team. He
0: just shows up and goes, "Wait a minute. Maybe we should talk this out."
1: <laughs> oh man, Priester.
0: If we if I, if, if <laughs> Ricardo, if if Ricardo and I ever get to do our wrestling comic, we're going to make sure one of the background wrestlers is Discus.
1: <laughs> I think Priester is a great I, honestly, man. And because the T isn't even centered, you have this like l- asymmetrical lopsided logo. I think it yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I can figure out what a priester does, maybe it'll be that my ne- that'll be my next book.
1: It's a priest, but you know, with more activity, uh, yeah. it's more of an action word. A priester, <laughs> <laughs> a guy who makes priests. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll think of uh, something. Don't worry. Yeah,
0: but yeah, the dead meat. Dead meat was the first one where I was like, oh, I have a story for this. Yeah. I I can I can figure out. You know, I I always the the biggest um, my biggest uh, uh, gripe in my career is that every idea I come up with, I'm usually ahead of the curve, but then somebody else ends up putting it out a very similar thing before I do. So I I did... Dead Meat was a zombie comic, and I came up with it when zombies were not hot. They were not the cool thing. Mm -hmm. And then I sat and I watched the entire (laughs) evolution of the zombie genre to the point where it's just... It's dead again, essentially, now, for the most part. Or at least everything else has been done. I will say... After twenty years, no one has done the idea that was at the, co- at the core of Dead Meat. Okay, um, and I'm not going to say what it is, just in the off chance that I ever get to use it.
1: <laughs> if Robert Kirkman is listening, because I'm sure he's got nothing better to do right now than steal yeah, your right. idea, or Priester or Discus.
0: Hey, man, it's ha- it happens. It happens all the time. Have you seen half <laughs> the stuff? It's all stealing phones. Phones here, everything, man. We're <laughs> literally recording this right now.
1: Did I tell you I accidentally stole Kirkman idea and he reached out to me?
0: Oh, yes. In uh, uh, okay. uh, Plot the Holes? Just yeah, Just the yeah. character name, right? Yeah.
1: Not only that, but he was like a biped barbarian based off of a cat. So. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luckily, he was nice enough to calmly tell me and let me do the right thing rather than scream to me. But it really was an <laughs> honest mistake. <laughs> Unlike Priester. Mm-hmm. uh. Um, uh but anyway, did you, have a, did you have sorry, one one more thing and then we can Sure, sure. That. Did you create your own did you have like when you were creating characters? Mm-hmm. Did you create the X-Men proxy team? Like uh here's my Wolverine. Here's oh. my Hulk. Here's my leader.
0: You know, uh I probably did. I don't know if I did a direct proxy though. Yeah. Um I not that I can think of, not directly.
1: I don't Cuz it felt like every team needed a guy with blades. Right he needed a big, strong guy, he needed a hot girl with psychic powers,
0: yeah, I remember i I don't think I did that, but what I did do was I had a very limited idea of of how um superpowers were doled out when I was a child uh-huh. and uh I had a character called Lightning Man, mm-hmm. and he could shoot lightning from his hands, and he got that power because he was a scientist. And he got struck by lightning and <laughs> smashed through a bunch of chemicals, which is literally the way the Flash got his powers. And I'm pretty sure I came up with that because I was watching the Flash show in the 90s. Yeah. And he had a partner named Arrow Man. <laughs> and I actually I actually did a like comic for these guys. And I, so I did a comic of the, the origin of, of Lightning Man. And Arrow Man, when it came time to uh, develop his origin, which is his powers were that he could shoot like electrical powered. uh, arrows from his hands. Uh, He got those powers by being struck by an electrified arrow, which knocked him through a bunch of chemicals. So, my idea of uh, where <laughs> the powers came from were entirely chemical-based at that point. Chemical and, and falling, and,
1: and a guy crashing and being thrown into some kind of shelving where there's yes, chemicals light,
0: were. Yes, l- an electric current <laughs> and chemicals, and the right, the right conductor will give you whatever power you need, apparently. So
1: you should do a team called the conductors, and every team member is sort of, tongue-in-cheek, but every team member is like, how'd you get your powers? And they go, well, I was doing this and that in the lab, and I, you know... I uh, was struck by lightning while I was petting a dog, so I turned into a dog. And the next guy's like, "That's so funny! I got struck yes. by lightning while I was around chemicals, now I'm a chemical man." You yeah, don't realize yeah, yeah. that maybe they, they were created for a reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, That's not a bad idea.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I've got—I uh, actually, in my back pocket, I've got—and I—it's uh, not—it doesn't really have a story yet, but I've got a bunch of a team of characters that are all very uh, tongue-in-cheek characters. Um, yeah. One of them is named Superface. <laughs> and his power is that he can uh, extend his face out to headbutt you, and that's his, it. Not his head, his no, face. just his face. Yep, just the front part of his face extends like a like a telescoping arm so and punches like you in the a, face.
1: It's a face butt because your I guess your forehead yeah, would come basically with you. yeah. Yeah, right. and he's that's... got he's got
0: a partner named Finger Blast who just has a bunch of guns on his fingers.
1: I think I practiced that. I seen that superpower practice in uh, a <laughs> bar in Boston once.
0: Yeah, but it's it's it's
1: uh, dude. If you come up with Finger Blaster, you're asking for it. I mean, come on. N-
0: no, that's the point. Like that's the the, the this <laughs> team of characters is very specifically tongue in cheek about what they do and what their names are. But okay,
1: yeah. I had a villain. This is the worst story I've ever wrote. And I was like twelve, so. Uh, there was a villain who was allergic to gold. <laughs> and the, sure. and I was tired of writing him. So I had the good guy c- convince him to commit suicide by walking into a jewelry store. <laughs> and then that was it. That's <laughs> like okay, you can't just kill him. This has to be better than that.
0: <laughs> okay. Two things. One, brilliant way to get to get rid of a villain. 2 i'm so impressed that you just you actually finished the book you finished the story you didn't just stop doing it you said i'm tired of doing this i need to kill this guy off
1: and actually actually did it
0: he's That's like amazing. no
1: not dot 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 gold <laughs> <laughs> you know drawn on lined paper you know
0: <laughs> brilliant brilliant
1: uh brilliant yeah i don't even anyway. know what his name was but yeah allergic to gold cuz it was like kryptonite yeah, yeah, no, it
0: all, make, it all tracks.
1: <laughs> if one day, if you and I somehow get cancer together, or if we're hit by lightning, and we both have a year to live, we should just mm-hmm. do a book of our bad ideas, just put it all out there.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know. If we get hit by the right lightning, we might end up with superpowers, based on but my understanding of it.
1: <laughs> In a Clay McCormick book. Yes, yeah. Super power <laughs> powers is like for the credits.
0: Um, but yeah, just to just to wrap this up. <laughs> uh, did, what, what would you want to draw from this circus episode of Batman?
1: Uh, uh you go ahead. I, I forgot mine. I think I'd like to draw that that girl
0: with the snake. Yeah. Um, she seems pretty cool. She'd be a fun character to to play with, and and uh, and you know, you get the the snake elements cool, and yeah. I think that'd be fun.
1: It's funny when you draw snakes. Like I always think of when Mike Mignola does it, and Mike uh, is not a guy that's into crazy detail but when he draws a snake he's like scale 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 (laughs) and they slightly darker slightly like shaded 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 like for a guy that hates detail like his snakes and they're really when you're when you're rendering a snake you're kind of committed to the scales you know like it's you're gonna you're gonna piss away at least three hours on this thing but when it's done right it looks good you know yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, that that is one of those things where every time I see it, I'm like, ugh.
1: Yeah, I get.
0: Is there a way around this?
1: <laughs> I know. Can I block out? Can the snake be in the shadow somehow, or half of them right. covered by a leaf right. in the foreground? Yeah, uh, I would think I would draw um, the the lion fight scene at the end when Batman rodeo ties a lion. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I like. Uh, so when I use a brush, I'll um, purposely fan it out and break it. Break the bristles a little bit. Oh, sure. So yeah. you're you're sort of getting this like wispy, thin, organic line weight, and you'll see it all throughout my art. Sometimes I'll throw it on noses and faces and cheeks, but on uh, animals, I usually use it as my containment line on the outside of the figure. And I, I like oh, sure. But you know, drawing lions or any kind of animals, like you really got to commit. Um, I what I did, I found the trick to drawing animals. And this will be quick. You go to Michael's, mm. you go to the uh, toy section, and they'll usually sell like a plastic tube of farm animals, lions, oh, sure. tigers whatever. Yeah. And I find having even a bad 3D model, at least you got something to look at and you could turn the lion's head around in space and like you're way more equipped than you would be just looking it up on Google, unless you're going to yeah. like exactly swipe. Like I have a a bunch of just bins of farm animals and tigers and stuff and horses especially. Horses are so hard that uh, yeah, I find little yeah. little action figures are actually the best thing.
0: Yeah, I the one that the thing that always kills me is very rarely do you have to draw – well, I mean you do have to draw this, but when you draw a horse, usually you have to draw a horse in action in some way where it's yeah. either like running or – and yeah. it's like there's only so many pictures. Like it's it's difficult to, to compose a shot yeah. with a, a running or jumping horse in a way that allows you to find yeah. reference of the horse doing that thing. Yeah, <laughs> You know, yeah. so it's like I, I, did, yeah. I did one thing once where I was like, all right, I need this like rearing back horse. Uh-huh. And so I was looking at a bunch of stuff and I finally came across like a statue, like a Wonder Woman statue or something of her riding a horse. I'm like, oh, that's great. There's, and yeah. it's like a, like a few pictures in the round or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's tough. It's difficult yeah. to, uh, to find different angles on some of those animals.
1: Yeah, horses are one of those scary things that comic artists r- avoid. Like horses and cars. The trick to horses is uh, the asses of horses are much bigger than you think. Like yeah. the power of a horse comes from the ass and the hooves are way smaller than you think. Uh, yeah, and yeah. when horses don't look right, usually it's the hooves are too big. Um unless it's a Clydesdale and that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. and then the way the head and the neck combine. Yeah. It's such a funky, that's tough. Like, funky looking animal. Yeah. yeah.
0: I I don't <laughs> find the body that difficult, but the head the the head and the neck can be yeah. very difficult to 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 parse out.
1: Yeah. Man, we covered a lot. In this episode, yeah, I know, we? yeah. I never thought I'd be telling you about discus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, st- we started with uh, we started with uh, breaking road laws, and we're <laughs> ending with uh, <laughs> talk about wonder, horses.
1: So, that our shtick seems to be this, and you're not stopping me, so I'm going to continue to do it. But you'll okay. introduce the show, and you'll be like, Sean, how you doing? And I'll come in with like a oh man, and I'll take the steering wheel and I'll turn it in the direction that you're not ready for, and then I'll see how you can get us back on track. <laughs> and i always
0: do i <laughs> <You> always do <laughs> um yeah. what would you what would you rate this episode
1: uh, i'm going to go for 4 i think it's a it's a great detective story uh, you know the the stakes aren't crazy but i think it's a really well done classic style batman's a detective figuring stuff out one bit at a time and you get enough of um you know the the um the hesitancy between him and nightwing which is cool and you have like the hero worship that Tim has for Nightwing, you can tell Tim's kind of a fanboy. So I really like the subplot as well as the plot. So I'm gonna yeah, yeah, four.
0: yeah. I think I think I'm gonna go three, just because I wish that they had done more with the uh uh, d- the girl. uh Dick in the in the in the circus stuff. Yeah, um, but not. I, I don't back. know. Yeah, well, yeah. It was, you however they decided to do it. Um, yeah. I I don't know if that's necessarily fair because it is a different episode at that point but um yeah i just i feel like they 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 had a great concept that they didn't fully uh squeeze everything out of but that that being said it is good these are these have been too good I'll, I'll be honest with you both of these are much better than i assumed they would be because <laughs> generally the animal episodes I was just I gonna say that. Like, yeah
1: i was just gonna say at the, at the very beginning of this like anytime there's an animal in any episode of batman i always cringe because i think the moon of the wolf it was yep. terrible critters is terrible yep. uh I, the Catwoman stuff or she's poisoned by a cat whatever it is like i just mm-hmm. yeah but uh so when i put these on i'm like oh, here we go and uh, i was pleasantly surprised to realize that i was wrong
0: yeah yeah me too um yeah i think that's gonna do it for uh cult of the cat and animal act if you enjoyed the show thanks for listening tell your friends Give us a rating or view on iTunes if people still do that. I'm not sure. Hopefully we would
1: love do. to see some fan art of uh, Priester and Discus. Yes.
0: I would like to see some fan art of Priester, Discus, <laughs> uh, Arrow Man and Lightning Man. Anything you guys want. And the guy
1: who's us. allergic to gold who commits suicide in a jewelry store. Yeah. What does he what? look like? Is he? I don't even know. What is his name? <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't know. We'll leave that up to you, our <laughs> listeners, to come up with those amazing answers I
1: mean if you're going to commit suicide you could just jump off a bridge you don't need to actually use your super villain weakness to do it you know well but
0: you you convinced didn't he, <laughs> he didn't the hero convince him to to do
1: it yeah that's the other thing what kind of hero are you if you're yeah, yeah that's,
0: that's pretty dark man
1: <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> anyway <laughs> all right
0: uh thank you guys for listening we will be ne- back next time with old wounds and oh that's a good one Uh, Old Wounds and The Demon Within.
1: Ooh, two good ones.
0: Thanks, Sean. Thank you, man. We'll see you guys next time.